Hi, I'm Ollie from near Philadelphia. Hi, I'm Sinna from Ohio. We are back, listen, chill. Finally recording this episode. Yeah. I know for you folks it doesn't seem like it, but we have been having a struggle. And you may hear evidence of that struggle, and for that we apologize, but... It's a it's pandemic. They can't leave the house. <laughs> and for the time being, murder is still against the law. <laughs> It's true. And if the purge comes, I will still not be murdering them. You may eject them from the house, though. It's true. To fend for themselves. If the purge comes, I will put you outside. (laughs) You can come back in when you've learned to be quiet. I don't know. Go go steal some chips. (laughs) Right. Be gay, do crimes, just not here. (laughs) So, this is episode two of season five. We are talking about The Secret Circle, The Captive. Mmm. What are you re-drinking? What are we drinking? I can tell you about what I'm drinking. Okay. So it's absinthe. Oh my god, really? I know. Shock! But I've been drinking it solidly since 6 o'clock, and it's 8 o'clock. And that's always a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) We should be two hours into the podcast right now. Right, two of four. Two of four! And yet, here I am. (laughs) (laughs) So you're solidly on, like, the downhill, right? I don't know, I'm still drinking it. (laughs) You're like, I don't know, it just keeps getting refilled, we'll find out. popping it off. (laughs) Uh, So I made tea. Mm -hmm. So it's my green and white tea. And then I was like... I don't want to go through the whole process of making the simple syrup. I don't want to chill the water. I don't want to get the lime out of the back of the fridge. Because when I woke up, I was already having a bad day. Aww. So I was just like, can I put absinthe in tea? <laughs> Google. Who's going to stop me? <laughs> I just wanted to make sure it wouldn't be awful. Uh, And Google said, sure, go for it. Google also said green tea is good for that. So I was like, bing. I already nice. have planned to make my green white tea as usual. Let's do that. It said put honey. I'm like, I don't got honey, but I have literally to my left a little jar of sugar. Nice. So since I wasn't going anywhere, I just put sugar. Then I poured some tea to make that sugar melt a bit. Then I put some absinthe. Then I put more tea. And I've just been refilling the tea. Tea is cold. But the first taste was disgusting. Oh, no. Because it was too much absinthe. <laughs> not enough tea well yeah so all i had to do was drink more and add more tea oh good job yeah so that was pretty good and i'm sure there's way less absinthe in here but there's probably also still absinthe in here but at this point i'm probably just drinking tea so i don't know if i should add more absinthe i don't know it still tastes like licorice so until it just tastes of tea i'll just keep topping it off that's a good rule of thumb yeah and i like licorice tea so it's good the absinthe is however I wouldn't do this again without also doing probably some kind of simple syrup or like the recipe recommended, like add some lemon and add some cinnamon and stuff and to make it actually like a tea cocktail, I guess. Sure. Yeah. So mine was just like sugar and tea and absinthe. So I I really think it needs more flavor to it. That's fair. Well, it's a good base. Good way to start. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad to know that a hot absinthe drink was okay. Yeah, I'm glad that you have uh, some new variety in your absinthe arsenal. Options. Because, let's face it, 
absinthe. I've got a whole other bottle I haven't even opened, so this is <laughs> all I'm drinking for 2020. Now, I saw your picture. You sent me your picture. And I yours did. looks purple? Nope. And no, it's not. Well, it looks purple, but it's beautiful. Tell me all about it. Uh, So, this is a janky-ass drink, let me tell you. <laughs> We're so, both like, who cares? Just drink. <laughs> right. It's my tradition of janking up a more expensive drink. <laughs> so I googled Crystal Skull oh. to find some sort of mixed drink to make, right? Unfortunately, the only thing I could find was something called the Smoke Crystal Skull. Okay. Which, okay, I can do that. So the Smoke Crystal Skull is Crystal Vodka, Black Lemonade, Something called a Lapsang Shushong tea. Ah, yes, you said it very nicely. Oh, good. I took a wild swing. So I was like, okay, that can't be hard to find. Turns out <laughs> uh, Lapsang Shushong tea is very difficult to find, or at least was not at my Kroger. So I was like, well, what is this Lapsang Shushong? And it turns out that the quality that was the most important was the fact that it was smoky. It's a smoky oh, tea. Oh no. It's like a, oh no. Is it like a whiskey tea? I can't remember because I'm gone already. Um, no, it's just a, a smoked kind. It's like one of two teas that have like a smoky flavor. Okay. I like that we both ended up with tea drinks somehow. I know, right? And I don't even like tea. So this is pretty. Yeah. Synchronicity. Uh, black lemonade, by the way, is just regular lemonade with fucking activated charcoal in it. <laughs> and I was like, um, I'm not shelling out for activated charcoal. Thank you. Fuck no. So I went to the store and I got a bottle of half lemonade and half tea. Uh-huh, uh-huh, and uh-huh. I, I got, got myself <laughs> some gel food coloring. Okay, okay. And I, I got myself some liquid smoke. Oh my god. I <laughs> love I you. I dumped it into a glass, and that is my uh, trailer park crystal. I'm going to call this a Black John. <laughs> yes, there we go. Black John. <laughs> I love it's, it. <laughs> it's so janky. Okay, so but here's what you could do in the future with this. Mm-hmm. You could do lemonade and then like a black raspberry or a black currant liquor or even just juice. And that would look pretty and probably Fair. taste delicious. I was trying to, like, the smoke component seemed important because yeah. it is the smoke crystal skull. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so it just tasted like weak lemonade with liquid smoke in it. Which... I've never had liquid smoke. Really? Yeah. Tell me about that. Uh, I mean, it's just, it tastes like a campfire. So if you're into that. Weird. So... Okay, because I've had La Frogue. It had like a really smoky, peaty mm-hmm. flavor. So I'm imagining that smokiness. It was probably pretty close. Um, I mean, it wasn't like good, but it was an interesting mm-hmm. thing. So, you yeah. know. That's cool. But yeah, but I got a black drink out of it, which is what I was going for. Yeah, no, definitely. That is uh, Black John Crystal Skull right there. I love it. I've got no justification on my tea, except that that's what I had. No, yeah, fair. And, you know, tea is witchy. It is witchy, right? Maybe that's what happened. We both went, eh, witchy enough. Right. Tea, witch, got it, bam. Done. All right. Okay, so I'm not reading the back of my book, but I need to mention that um, I'm reading, so I'm reading from The Omnibuys, where my fucking book is split in two. Big same, dog. I hate that. That's so stupid. 
It's really annoying because my notes are now in two books. Super There's no ass. need. I hate it. Okay. Mm, book smells okay. <laughs> this one actually smells a little older. Oh, how strange. Oh, Somehow I ended up with a first paperback edition on the second one. Nice. Nice. Super nice. Where the other one is like, hello, I'm edition number 10. <laughs> ha, this makes sense why this one smells a little, a little different. It smells like, this is the image in my head, sitting in an attic on a rainy day in, like, spring. Very evocative. I like it. Yeah, that's the image I get when I stick my face in the book. Um, I'm not going to read the blurb on the back of this one, though, because we fucking know it will give me spoilers for book three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't do it. No. So I am going to read, however, the Goodreads, the captive blurb, and see what that decides to spoil all over the place. Do it. Can the secret circle survive? Lured into the most popular in-crowd imaginable, Cassie is intoxicated by her newfound strength, a power as addictive as it is perilous. Caught between two members' consuming desires to use the coven's mysterious force, Cassie turns to one of their boyfriends, Adam, and falls captive to her own dangerous love. What? Bewitched by the promise of love through magic, Cassie captures Adam's heart and upsets the delicate balance of power, unleashing a storm of fury no one anticipates. Or will the dark struggle of good, evil, and tormented love consume them all? Oh, I guess it's can the secret circle survive, or will the dark struggle of good, evil, and tormented love consume them all? That has nothing to do with this book. That was also, that, that's book one. Yeah, no, absolutely. That is 100% lured into the crowd, caught between, you know, Faye and Diana's desires to use the coven. I mean, also, that's a lie. Only Faye has the desire to use the coven. Right? Diana is just like, what if we did things for okay reasons? (laughs) Falling captive to her own dangerous love, except that she's not. She's like, I'm going to put aside this love because it is dangerous. Yeah, she's rejected it at this point. Right? That's a good way to be like, ooh, she rejects her own truest heart or whatever. And there's no bewitching of promise of love through magic. She, even during a scene in a chapter in this book, fucking rejects the idea of love spells. So, Mm -hmm. like, nope. She does not capture Adam's heart. There is nothing about that in this book. She does upset the delicate balance of power, but she doesn't unleash a storm of fury bullshit blurb hate it the end yep uh you want to talk about the cover of the second omnibus because i think we have the same cover right no i have the reissued cover with the like vines and shit oh shit that's right you got the pretty cover fine i'll talk about mine first then you talk about yours okay all right so my cover is basically damon from (laughs) diaries um so before we started these i think we'd maybe just read the first vampire diaries book you sent me a couple images and you were like, which cover is this? But you like covered up the, the name of the book. <laughs> and you're like, which is this one? And I was like, I don't know, book four. And which is this one? I don't know, book two. And then you're like, psych, it's the secret circle. <laughs> 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 and it is like these covers just look like the fucking Vampire Diaries books. If I lined them all up together. I would be like, I guess that must be Elena. I guess that must be Damon. Because it's just this generic-ass white kid with blue eyes? Green eyes? I don't know. I can't tell. It's kind of gray eyes, right? Is it gray? Because, like, I look at it and it just looks like it's been weirdly adjusted. So it 
It could be gray, it could be light green, it could be pale blue. I don't know. It's clearly got to be Adam. Yeah, there's no other dude, really. Any other dude is just kind of thrown in there mm-hmm. to cause momentary tension. And, like, when you look at his hair, it's like, I guess that's supposed to be red hair, but it's way too dark for what I imagine for him. Like, I imagine him as a goddamn ginger, and that looks right. like he put on fucking burgundy over his dark hair. <laughs> so it's it's just one of those generic YA half-a-face books, and that's not the way I imagine Adam to look. Like, I imagine him just this tall, scrawny, like, Irish kid with gray eyes, red hair, kind of dorky. Here, let me, let me send you a link, Ollie. Let's check out this kid. Yeah, right? He's got the, the, um, shit, I can't remember his name. He played Mosenrath, and he died young. Something wow, Brandon. that's a good question. I don't know who you're talking what? about. He was so cute, and I was very sad for him. Mosenrath? He played Mosenrath. Oh, Jonathan Brandis. Yes. That's okay. who this kid looks like. He looks like Jonathan Brandis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Listen, fan <laughs> cast, Jonathan Brandis as Adam. Jonathan Brandis as Adam in the 90s. But yeah, like, that's just like that. That's way more Adam. Just like, give his hair a little bit more of a red sheen mm-hmm. and some freckles. There you go. That's Adam. Adorable. Yeah, I love that Adam is very specifically a ginger, and mm-hmm. yet none of the cover, none of the newer covers really bother. Yeah, right? Like, because I, I loved that in the first book, that, like, he was just this tall, scrawny ginger dude with his dog walking on the beach, mm-hmm. and I was instantly like, aw, he seems like a nice kid. <laughs> Who All of these people are like, look away! We're from <laughs> New England to know a witch when we see one. <laughs> also, he's a poor. He's a poor. He works on the boats and smells like fish. <laughs> Like, oh, I see you are from New England. Gotcha. (laughs) You're like, ah, ah, accurate. (laughs) Classism. (laughs) New England's number one export. (laughs) It's fucking true. (laughs) They're like, we're basically Britain. (laughs) Geographically, we're the closest. (laughs) You're real good at continuing your impression. Thanks. (laughs) Um, So my cover. Yeah is also a generic white guy this time it's his whole face so um he also looks like they kind of half-assed making like a brunette guy's hair maybe (laughs) slightly redder but honestly no it's just brunette this is a brunette guy it's got a much more boring secret circle title treatment like very disappointing uh, and then it's got just like some blue stamps of some fucking vines on the side. And they were like, yeah, publish it. <laughs> Send it to print. Right? It's, yeah, this these are aesthetically, they're fine, but they're definitely like low effort and very boring. Mm. Give me a weird but personality filled cover any day. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked when you can see like all of the faces and whatnot, because then if I have a hard time imagining it, I can just be like, well, look, let me look at the front and assume that this one must be you. The downside is that then you can also look at the front and see what they look like. And then you just have mannequins in your head for the whole <laughs> fucking book. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> They're just all R.L. Stein covers. <laughs> The one thing that I do love about the covers that you have is the fucking title font is Mm. fucking A+. Yeah, I I do like that. I do appreciate still having that from the Vampire Diaries ones. Like, it just makes it look like it's a continuation of Vampire Diaries. (laughs) So, So. are we ready to dive into the nitty gritty 
are we? Mm -hmm. There's so much that happens in this. There is, but there also isn't. Okay, so to start this off, I was sick this week. Mm -hmm. You know this. Mm -hmm. I was sick. I didn't have the virus, but I was in so much fucking pain. I messaged you, I think, Wednesday night being like, can we move podcasting because I'm losing today? And then, like, I spent a little bit of Friday and then, like, all of last night just trying to get through this fucking book. <laughs> and The Captive Part 1 is so fucking boring. It is. That the only reason I think I got through any of it is because you promised me that Deborah <laughs> had a super gay midnight ride. <laughs> <laughs> and I told you. That was why I think I didn't, I wasn't getting into it. Because mm-hmm. the first book, I didn't care about these kids at all. You know, like, we'd, we'd just come off of reading Sweep, right? Mm-hmm. And I love Morgan and her story. And I care about her shit with Brie. Like, I can still remember their fucking names. That's impressive. <laughs> it is. Good job. While having absence in my system, I'm I'm surprised. These kids, I don't care. They're so generic. They're so CW. And yet also not the CW that, like, no. we got. <laughs> nope. That reading the first half of this story was a fucking chore. Yeah. I would have DNF'd this if I had the option. Mm-hmm. But I don't, because I made a promise <laughs> to, <laughs> I to read about. these books with you. I made a vow. Bury me under the earth. Crush me with water. <laughs> I made a vow. Fire burn me, water drown me. <laughs> right, I I promised you we would read books together and drink and talk about them and I honor my vow. Even when I hate the book, I hate the first half of this book. I could not get through it. I obviously mm. did. But, like, there were pages where I would skim for the dialogue and then go back to read the description. Yeah. Just so that I knew what the fuck was happening and how to move on. I'm like, I hate it. I hate it so much. (laughs) I can't even. Like, I can't even. And then, like, the second one, shit finally starts happening. Mm -hmm. But I had to be dangled with, this is a little gay. I'm like... (laughs) All right, for the it's a little gay. I let's do this. <laughs> so thank you. You're welcome. I'm glad to provide incentive. <laughs> it was so hard to read. Oh my god. Okay, so can I tell you? Mm-hmm. This isn't going to seem related, but I, I'll tie it back. I promise. I believe in you. So when my friend and I went to go see Cass in the theater, okay, we okay. We were so excited because we were like, oh, this is going to be a great trash fire. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We went in, we sat down, and then that theme started playing, that synthy theme. Oh, no. And I began to flash back to the cat stage play, which mm-hmm, was... Which I love. I'm glad you love it. I do. Um, it was horrendously boring. Oh, wait, the the filmed version? Yes. Aww. Yeah, but, sorry. But you know why I love it? Hmm. So much dancing. I uh, don't. No, that's <laughs> the dancing. The dancing's good. But I just remember, like, oh no, I watched this before, like, and I didn't do, like do, it. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yes. And then I was like, oh no, 
I've agreed to watch this again. <laughs> I paid money to stay in this seat. I've agreed to do this. I was excited. And then I just sat there in horror for like 30 no. seconds. Like, oh no, what have I done? I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> That's how I felt starting this book. I was yeah. like, oh no, what have I done? This I love, is so boring. I love that both of us were like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I said I would do the thing. <laughs> it's so funny. So I was so fucking excited to share this book with you because of how not gay but super gay it is. It is, right? But that's its one trick. Like <laughs> Once you get past how gay but not gay it is, it's just very boring. Yeah, and and right, and like, and that's why I wasn't interested. I found like after analyzing myself, I'm like, what is fucking happening? Like, because I have a hard time reading lately. The past mm-hmm. like I don't know five years, it's just been really rough. I'm like, all right, but this is different. What's fucking blocking you? And it's like, well, because you've been told it's not gay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like Vampire Diaries, right? At least I I I knew that Matt and Stephanie <laughs> were definitely into each other, even <laughs> the author couldn't see it i'm like yeah no they love each other they are best friends and they fucking love each other and elena's the worst (laughs) (laughs) so i could root for them to escape her not this there's nothing no it's very boring like you said the first half is a whole lot of nothing happening the second half picks up like more stuff happens but very little of it matters yeah i can't wait to talk about it yeah all right so anyway all that to say All that to say, children, open to page one. (laughs) That was a prologue. Um, (laughs) So the captive kicks off with a group meeting of the circle. I hate their meetings. Because they have the same meeting five times, you mean? Yeah. At least in sweep, when we get a circle, they try and learn something new. Well, and also it's just like a paragraph. Like we did a circle, Morgan felt a thing, bam, we're done. Yeah. Or it's like Diana being like, order, order. <laughs> so uh, the group meets up to trace the dark energy that they released at the end of the last book. Just like, thank fuck they're doing something with that because that was the only plot that happened in book one. Yes, it took a long time to get to the plot, but here we are. So they decide to do like some crystal dowsing to trace it. Initially, it is just the good kids. <laughs> but after like a hot sec, Faye and the rest of the group join them. She like basically kicks in the door. Right? I wish she did. She's just standing there, but like it's the way it feels where she's just like, BAM, what's up, fuckers? <laughs> she's like, mm, going somewhere, Diana. Not that you care, but yes. <laughs> I just didn't think you'd be interested. That's all. I'm what? Not, not trying to keep it Me? from you. Never. Not interested. <laughs> so uh they follow the dark and listen i have tried to fucking abridge this thing as much as i can so yeah they follow the dark energy to the graveyard for the first of 18 visits oh my god this is like a cw show where they have three sets um <laughs> and they visit them a lot <laughs> <laughs> You have the option to do whatever you want. <laughs> nope, but we're going to visit the school gym again. The school gym. Uh, outside school. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Diana's Graveyard. House. Diana's house. <laughs> Cassie's house. Faye's house, which is Diana's house, but reversed. 
Yep, yep. Um, we use someone's garage. We're not going to tell whose, but we're going to say it's Nick's garage. <laughs> the beach. Right. This was done very cheaply. Yeah. So they get to the graveyard. They aren't able to pinpoint where the dark energy goes, and that's vaguely foreboding. <laughs> Nick, who was the only one who wasn't participating in this get-together, shows up and tells them that they have found the principal dead. Dun, crushed dun, under a dun. pile of rocks. <gasps> it was a landslide. It was a landslide. landslide a landslide brought him down. So <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I hate us. <laughs> so the the kids uh do the other thing that they do a lot in this book, which is argue about who the killer could be. Mm. At this point, we're trying to pretend that it could be a person, so that this is kind of a who done it. Yeah. So they're like, oh, could it be the humans who hate us? Could it be Faye who's evil? Who could have killed the person? I wish I could feel bad for Faye. <laughs> I love that. I wish I could feel bad, but I don't. But I don't, because she's not written in a way that allows for her to have humanity. No, she's not. She's a Dennis Shadows character. We decided she, this. She's a fucking caricature. So uh, they argue about who could be responsible for the death. And then as they're leaving, Cassie notices a weird bunker in the graveyard, but nobody knows what it is. So the circle then decides that it's time to hear Adam's backstory. That's the other other thing that everybody does. Listen to exposition. (laughs) I'm so not looking forward to it in book three because you know there's more coming. (laughs) So uh, they say, Adam, you've been too cagey for too long. How did you find the skull? And Adam has a very uh, perilous flashback, rain-filled, in which he explains that he found it on the secret 18th island in Boston Bay. Oh my god, so as a New Englander, I love to just make comments. Yes, please. So there was a line. Everybody knows there are 17 islands off Boston Bay. Uh No. Uh, No. We don't, (laughs) because not all of us live on Boston Bay. I was going to ask you, like, is this a thing that people just know? No, I didn't, like, get born into fucking Massachusetts knowing this <laughs> shit. Uh, sh- go ahead. Sure, I believe you. There's there's 17 islands. Why would this be wrong? You looked it up. But, like, everybody knows. And I'm like, everybody knows. <laughs> no, you know what it is? Because remember, we learned that LJ Smith went on a road trip and did yeah. a lot of touristy stuff to research this book. And this is one of LJ Smith's patented tourist facts. Oh, hell yeah. Like, she does a pretty damn good job of having it be very New England in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But for sure, there's a bunch of shit where you're like, uh, if you live in New England and don't do the tourist stuff, you don't know about this. <laughs> I just I just loved it because there were a lot of points where stuff just kind of clicked with like, oh yeah, no, this tracks. You went on a vacation. Yes. So yes, it was on the secret 18th island in Boston dun, dun, Bay. Dun. Uh, And he explains that he was only able to find it. Uh, It's implied because his meeting with Cassie awoke something inside of him. Oh my god, I loved that. It was like, after I met you, everything just seemed so much more sense. But he can't say that. Because they're trying to hide their connection. Right. So they just infer it was coincident. Mm. Uh, So he found this 18th island. He had to push through some, like, protective spell shit. 
Um, and when he unearthed the skull, he said he felt like he unleashed something. I uh, oh, that's that's good. I've forgotten that he'd said that. Good bit of foreshadowing. Yeah, there is. You know, there's. She listen. She knows what the story is. <laughs> Glad she does. <laughs> so. The circle members suggest that maybe they should just put back on that island for safekeeping. And Adam says that he feels like the spells that were protecting it are gone now and it wouldn't be safe there. Yeah, they they bring that up a second time, too. Yeah, which, thank you for swackling over that plot hole. I appreciate it. Right? We can't well, put not back plot because, hole, but, you because know. plot. Yeah. So that kind of concludes their meeting. They don't really gain anything from this backstory. But now we know. Right, now we we gained something. So the circle clears out of Diana's house, um, and Cassie manipulates herself an invitation to stay over so that she can steal the skull for Frey, because she's Faye's captive now, and she has to do whatever Faye says. I just want to take a moment to say, Cassie, why did you think anything would get better? I know, I know, I love that. I love that. I made a note of it. We'll get there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll hold my comment. While she's there, Diana does a little more exposition. She explains that there's a leadership vote coming up, uh, and that it'll be on Diana and Faye's birthday, which they share, because in this world, you have to be 17 to be the permanent coven uh, leader. Okay, I don't want anyone who's 17 to be permanently running anything. Ex- well, well, okay, yes, that is true, and it's a bad rule, but also, this is a coven of teenagers, so anybody leading them at their it's, age would be yeah. questionable. No, absolutely. I think it should just be, like, coven leader vote every year at the end. Um, That was one of the things that kind of stuck out at me, as, like, this versus sweep, where, like, a 17-year-old high priestess would be real stupid. Yeah. This is more mythical with its witches. It treats them more powerful. Well, not even powerful necessarily, just that there's more like mythology around them than Sweep's approach to Wicca, which is more like modern yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweep is like, hey, we're doing Wicca and we can have a coven. I'm a teenager. That's okay. We're all learning. I'm also learning. Versus this, which is like, the goddess has imbued me with eternal power. <laughs> right? This is like, the ancient writing says that you can be a coven leader at 17. It's it's all very like, these are the witch rules for this world. <laughs> so that night, Cassie slips into Diana's room and uses her key. Oh, to- that scene was so almost gay. <laughs> yes it was so she steals her necklace she checks in the cabinet where she thinks it's gonna be she doesn't find the skull there she fucking i love that she like blanks out for like a second she just like stands there not knowing what to do <laughs> what the fuck do i do that was it that was my one trick Get the skull. it's in here why isn't it in here <laughs> she just like she doesn't even know how much time passes she just stares at this open cabinet it's like cassie you're so bad at this <sighs> All right. Why did Faye trust you with this? Why did Faye trust her to do this? I guess because she and Diana are gay for each other. That's the only yes. explanation. So uh, speaking of, Cassie freaks out. She like tries to sneak back out. And then Diana sees her and she's like, oh, Cassie, what's going on? And Cassie's like, I I was afraid. I, I, I didn't want to wake you up. And then Diana says, no, no, Cassie, you can sleep with me. Dun dun dun! What are sisters for? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> sister, sister, sisters. No, 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 no. 
seriously every time i'm just like why you gotta be this way and the know. fact that they're like less than a year apart i'm like god damn it i know i listen i know that girls sleep in the same bed all the time yeah, i know no, sisters fine. like it's not gay but it's real gay it is <laughs> but here we go is gay <laughs> <laughs> but have you considered you considered gay? the way she wax poetic about diana's hair every time she looks at it Oh my god, I know. There are so many instances in this book and the others where Cassie is just awestruck by Diana's beauty. Her breath is taken away. And it's just like, ugh, she's just gone, LJ. She'll talk about the other girls being beautiful, but it's never the way she talks about Diana. Nope, and she talks about Diana the same way she talks about fucking Adam. Yep, absolutely. Could have been a a triangle in a different way. (sighs) So anyway, Cassie lays there, wrestling with her guilt and her angst and her gay love for Diana. And at this point, she should have just fucking come out about everything. (laughs) Uh, And she realizes that Diana has probably buried the skull in the sand somewhere to cleanse it because she read about it in her fucking Book of Shadows. Conveniently. Yes. Uh, So at school the next day, the circle... Again, spends like three paragraphs being like, who killed him? Could it be an outsider? Could it be Faye? Could it be a dark spirit? Who killed this guy? Just so you know, that's the plot. (laughs) (laughs) Right. By the way, it's like uh, those scenes in Vampire Diaries where the girls like made lists about who the suspect could be. It's because like they have nothing to do until the plot kicks in. Yeah. So they just have to act like they're doing something. And there's a lot of that in, in this book where you're just like, why can't I know now? Ugh. Yeah, there is. So they eventually come to the conclusion that he may have been killed because the window of his office overlooks the place where Corey was killed, the stairway where she broke her neck, and this is not important and it never will be. <laughs> no, it never will be. <laughs> so later they talk about homecoming, the first of not one, but two fucking dances in this Somehow book. Shoved in this goddamn book. Okay, but that, I do want to say, felt extremely relatable to my growing up uh-huh. in Massachusetts, where it felt like every fucking month there was another <laughs> dance. <laughs> so, like, September, we called it, I didn't call it, they called it the Morp, which is prom backwards, because it's the first dance of the year. <laughs> and it took me three years to figure that out. <laughs> I was like, why the f- what the fuck is a morp? <laughs> That's amazing. So so you get the morp and then you get the Halloween dance and then you get homecoming and then you get the winter dance. <laughs> You're like, oh great, another dance, another like path of anxiety where I have to worry about asking people or being asked. Thanks, high school. Or being told I have to go. <laughs> so that was very relatable. Cassie being like, I don't wanna. <laughs> I also like that it's so high YA where yeah. like time is measured in dances. Between dances. Yeah. I love it. Susan is great in this though because she's just like, there's a dance coming up and clearly she's interested in it. And then that dance is over and she's like, but what about the next one? <laughs> Right, <laughs> they're all like, "We've got to do a circle." And Susanna or Susanna and Laurel are like, "But what about the dance?" <laughs> we are teenagers. We care <laughs> about going out and having fun. Anyway, so at this point, Laurel explains their fucking horrifying date acquiring practices. Ugh. 
So apparently the girls and the boys in the circle just commandeer dates. Yeah, the worst. Even the good kids just walk up to a boy, say, you're my date. Pick me up at 8 p.m. at this house. Because they all just assume that everyone wants to go with them, too. It's not even that. that they're afraid. They specifically say that every girl that Sean asks is, like, afraid of him, but they have to say yes. It's, it's that. It's either you're attractive enough that everybody's excited to be asked by you, or, well, I can't say no. Right, because they're witches and everybody yeah. knows it. Yeah. It's fucking wild because, like, this book keeps making, like, these vaguely class-based, like, Commentary? mutterings, like, asides. Yeah. I mean, we discussed it in the last one, and it's it's holds true. But it doesn't come to anything, right? Because, no. like, Cassie can be sort of horrified at this practice, but Cassie isn't horrified by the commandeering so much as, like, the audacity that it takes to just tell somebody. Yeah, I could never walk up and just do that. My right. God. She absolutely takes the privilege that comes with it. Right. It's like related to her shyness and not related to the fact that it's a <laughs> wild abuse of power. That. That right there. And it's because the author isn't trying to analyze this or make a comment on it. It's just, we're witches and everybody has to do what we say. Yep, it's just the dynamic, and it's okay that they can do this, that Faye and Suzanne can only choose boys who have girlfriends. like <laughs> To prove how awful they are. Yeah, it's not good, and it keeps being not good as yeah. the book goes on, and it's never addressed. Nope. So, uh, Cassie's just like, um, yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not going. I'm very shy. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So she spends the next week looking for the skull on the beach because Faye told her she has a week to find it. Again, Faye with her arbitrary dates. Right, like, because that's pacing, Faye says. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Cassie doesn't have Morgan's, like, magical find my book app. (laughs) She has to, like, dig. She didn't didn't use Google to set where she parked the skull. (laughs) (laughs) nope so she has to like literally just walk the beach for seven days looking for some kind of marker and of course on the seventh day she finds it she digs it up and she's like i don't know if i can do it can i do it can i give Faye the skull and as she's trying to decide whether or not she's going to have agency Faye's like What's up, bitch? I'm here to make that decision for you. I know. Because she's like, I've got eyes and ears everywhere. And Faye's just like, thanks for finding it. I'm taking this now. Yoink. But Cassie does take the agency of telling Faye, I'm coming with you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why you think you could try anything, but just get, sure, sure, kid, right? go ahead. I appreciate that Cassie does something. That's mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. Makes a choice. But she's also not going to stop Faye, obviously. No, she, she's really not. So uh, Faye takes the skull back to her house and she starts to scry with it. Uh, and as she does, Cassie sees this black like gunk seeping out of the skull. But Faye doesn't. And that's important. Yeah. Cassie has to literally shove her away from the skull <laughs> before it like explodes out of the ceiling where her head had been. Right. Being like, that'd have been you. Okay. I do like, because once again, we're like dipping the pinky toe into horror here with some of the yeah. Black John stuff. There, there's definitely a couple scenes where it's like, mm, that's good. <laughs> right? It's never quite as good as like that last Vampire Diaries book, but it does take some dips and I appreciate that. 
Yeah, LJ Smith in general always has one hand on horror, ready to pull it in at, at a moment's notice. Yeah, for sure. You can tell that that's, I mean, this is obviously her jam, right? Hell yeah. So a note on Faye's room I appreciated. Yes. Uh, you and I have discussed the ways in which every character has their one fucking trait and hers is red. <laughs> red, red. <Yeah>. So red. <laughs> Faye equal red. Yeah. And then uh, she had two little kittens. Vampire kittens. <laughs> vampire kittens. I love it. She's like, and they bit me and they liked my blood. They're vampires. <laughs> yeah, but she's like, oh, what cute kitties. No, they're evil. <laughs> It's like, that's just a kitten. So Cassie uh, takes the skull back and she's like, this is over, Faye. But Cassie forgot the first rule of blackmail club. <laughs> and uh, Faye is like, mm, let me explain to you about how blackmail works, Cassie. Because Cassie's like, this is done. I did the thing for you. She's like. <laughs> 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 Look how cute and little you are. She's <laughs> like, Cassie, honey. No. This isn't. A file that Faye has on her that she can be like, here you go, and here's all the backups that I definitely didn't keep one of. <laughs> and Faye's just like, um, no, you done stole the skull, honey. Uh, now I've got more shit on you. <laughs> you had a choice. And that's the thing, is Cassie's always had a choice every single step of the way. And she's like, oh, but it could hurt the person. And it's like, you not thinking ahead on anything right and i mean it's teenage drama and they're teenagers i get it but yeah let us let us not forget that the stakes are you done smooched the boyfriend once Mm -hmm. and like okay so you met each other on cape cod over the summer nothing happened you just met the the problem of them having met on cape cod is that like fucking soulmate bullshit of the <laughs> silver cord and you know cassie obsessing over a boy she spent less than 10 minutes mm-hmm. with like that's the problem the problem is cassie's overinflated imagination <laughs> <laughs> yes and and Faye's willingness to twist her on all the right spots yep okay you kissed and you met before that was the worst of it i'm sure diana would have been upset but probably could get over that. Now yeah. he stole the fucking skull, released <laughs> some more dark energy. You're working with Faye. This is not a good look for you. Nope. Now this is real bad. This isn't just emotions. Uh, you done fucked with the demon skull. Mm-hmm. So uh, Faye lets Cassie take the skull back until they can figure out how to work with it without getting their heads blown off. Right. I do love, and this is something that Faye is pretty consistent with, is that every time they're given some kind of proof that the skull is evil, Faye's just sort of like, yeah, but how could we get that to work for us, though? (laughs) She's so power hungry. She is. It's all about power. Like, there's another scene later where they're like, well, his spirit is clearly malevolent. And Faye's just like, is it? We don't know that. We just know it's a spirit. Yeah, he could help us. These are the ways that remind me the most of what little I can remember of the Secret Circle TV show we watched. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, that Faye was also high key into power. Yes. Yeah. And would do anything for power and just wanted it real bad. At least they got that. Yeah, (laughs) that is all I really remember at this point (laughs) from that show. Yep. 
Uh, so as homecoming approaches, Diana gets sick and ends up begging Cassie to take Adam to the dance. Drama. Okay, her plot about her being sick for a couple of days felt like the stupidest plot point ever. Oh, it's it's high contrivance. Yeah, where you're just like, oh no, now I'm sick. And I'm like, it didn't really seem like any of them got sick ever. I was expecting there to be a reason for her to be sick. <laughs> She's magical sick like Hunter. Yeah, because that's the thing, right? Is when people are sick in these books, there has to be a reason. <laughs> right, and the reason is so that Cassie and Adam have to spend time together. Exactly, and I'm like, that's not a good enough plot point for me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's here. There it was. It's even weirder, though, because Diana calls up Cassie and she's like, hey, I need you to do this for me. Faye offered to take Adam to the dance for me. And Cassie, I can't let her get Adam. I just she's couldn't handle her claws it. Out. Which means that she thinks so little of Adam. Right. I mean, that's the question. I was like, do you think Adam will like fuck around on you? But it's not even that. It's not even like she's really afraid that Adam will do anything. Like she specifically says she's afraid that Faye will try something. And I'm like, are you afraid that Faye's going to magic him into fucking her? Right. Like, what are you afraid of? Why are... like? It's it's very much I need to control things. And it's mm. not a good look on Diana. Um... Where it's like, I can't even let Faye have the opportunity yeah. to do this in a way that no one but me and Adam would be upset by. Because Faye being like, well, I'm here. He's my date and we're going to dance. That would freak Diana out. And l- listen, it's not unfair because Faye does pull some magic shit that's not great with boys. Yeah. And we know she only goes after boys who are taken. But Adam is also Adam. He's also a witch. He also knows and grew up with Faye. Like, is Adam not savvy enough to fend off Faye's advances? Like, And that's where I feel like it's just a Diana thing of her being like, if Faye even attempts this, that will gross me out in such a horrible way, such a violation of my, I don't know, relation with her. Mm -hmm. And yet you think she will do this. Right, exactly. Diana showing herself there. (laughs) Uh, So, second option, they could just all not go. Right? They could just not go to the dance. Adam could stay home and be like, I'm gonna hang with Diana. She's sick. We're gonna watch some movies. He could take care of his sick girlfriend. (laughs) That's the thing I was thinking. I'm like, why doesn't he just hang with her? Right? But no. Adam has to take Cassie to the dance. There were so many fucking hoops. This was one of the hoops that I was telling you where I'm like, this plot... Had to jump through so many. Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of contrivance here. So we also get the first of our two sexy getting ready montages. Which reminded me so much of, I think it was book two of Forbidden Game. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not going to lie. This is so YA, but I absolutely fucking lived for this shit when I was a kid, right? Like, (gasps) she gets to do a, a cool witch bath. You get to be so pretty. She gets witch makeup, and she gets her witch hair done, and she gets a pretty dress, and then they put her in front of the mirror, and she doesn't even recognize herself. She's so pretty. Who is that girl I see? <laughs> You're like, it's yourself. It's just you. It's, <laughs> it's, it's super YA. She fucking gets that glamorous, like, walking down the stairway reveal. Yep. She took off her glasses, and who knew she was hot? <laughs> took her hair down. <laughs> And it sounded nice, you know, it sounds like the kind of thing you draw fan art of. Oh yeah, no, for sure. It's um 
This is absolute fan service, but I was here for it. So, you know. Yeah, it would look great in an episode. Yes, right? Um, and then they also get that the thing where they do the description of what all the other girls are wearing and how pretty they are. But not the boys. Never the boys. Uh, well, they do kind of get boy glamour shots. At least Adam does. Barely. When I was reading it, I was expecting him to have like every single inch of him described and it was not. Well, boy fashion. Not as fun as girl fashion. Apparently. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and the all the other girls' outfits like match their personalities. It's oh very my god, fun. I know. And I'm like, oh, it's such a trope. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate though that they use this opportunity. Like a lot of the bad characters get moments in this book to like be humanized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Susan gets her moment here. Yes. Up to this point, she's kind of just been cupcakes and titties. Uh, so Cassie, like, says the thing that they just showed, and she's like, Suzanne, she's got big titties, but <laughs> she also knows how to do makeup good and likes to make people pretty. and Also got big heart. Okay. <laughs> she's a person just like me. Yeah. We're like, that's so good of you to stop having those horrible feelings. <laughs> Thank you for not being Elena Gilbert. This is true. And and this is a swipe that LJ gives to Suzanne and Deborah that she'd never gave Caroline. So. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I wish Caroline had had that. I wish Faye would get that. <laughs> right. But Faye, just, Faye belongs in Vampire Diaries. <laughs> I, also, on the note of one personality trait and bedrooms. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> If we didn't know which goddess she was before. <laughs> Suzanne's bedroom is has like a major like shell and sea motif. Mm-hmm. But the best part is that Suzanne doesn't relate this to Aphrodite because no. later Cassie has to explain to her that shells and the sea are an Aphrodite thing right. after she suggests that be her Halloween costume. So it was just kismet, I guess. <laughs> so ridiculous it's very I'm like silly. Susan there's no way you didn't know this right her fucking headboard is a giant shell like come on right come on you sleep like a little tiny pearl in your bed <laughs> so Cassie and Adam go to the dance and it's extremely awkward because all they want to do is make out but they made their vow and let me just tell you, um, the fire is not burning them, the air is not leaving them, the water <laughs> is not drowning them, but they continue to violate this oath yep. in thought and action. Yep, they done do a kiss, right? like, straight up. Saying right now for you, you don't have witchy powers. <laughs> <laughs> um... So they're interrupted by the circle after they do their kiss, and Cassie spends the rest of the dance with other boys who are not Adam. And literally nobody calls them out on the kiss. Like, you can't tell me there wasn't somebody who was like, what the fuck just happened out there? Right. Faye mentions later that she saw it, but apparently nobody else did. So uh, later on, to avoid dancing with Sean, who I just sort of imagine as like a chihuahua humping her leg, Cassie <laughs> runs off to uh, the boiler room to find Deb and the brothers. Deb, who, uh, let's take a moment. Mm-hmm. Deb. So uh-huh. gay. Deb Very is gay. 
extremely soft butch. Mm-hmm. She rides motorcycles. She mm-hmm. doesn't really like dances, but she goes to them to hang out with uh, these two dudes who are pretty okay. They play card games, they drink, they hang in the boiler room. I'm basically imagining Katra in her suit at the, <laughs> the princess yes. prom. Like, Deb doesn't even like boys. And I'm like, mm-hmm. so gay. Why couldn't we just have that? I don't know. She even she's even in her like biker leathers. So come on. <laughs> yeah. Deb is going to discover she can move to New York and hang out in the gay leather scene. <laughs> everything will be fine. Uh yes. Listen, I started this book Adam Diana Cassie just because that's the most obvious solution. Well, and especially in book 1. Right. I end this book with Nick, Deb, and Cassie as my new OT3. Right. Now, now granted, it is a V. Yes. Nick and, Cous- and Deb, Deborah are legit cousins. Like, <laughs> their moms were sisters. So definitely yes. just a V. Right, yes. But, like, I feel like Nick is kind of on the more asexual end of things. You think? I, I have so many questions about Nick. No, I, I think he's hot for Adam, um, mm-hmm. but would romance both of them both adam and cassie because he's sweet about it but i don't think he wants to smooch fair fair i can i can fly with that interpretation because i don't know what else lj smith was trying to do so So deb and cassie smooch and do fun adventure lesbian things Mm -hmm. well i guess bisexual things and then nick and cassie go on sweet dates (laughs) with their boyfriend adam (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and his girlfriend, Diana, who is also Cassie's other girlfriend, <laughs> who she doesn't want to smooch, but does want a romance. <laughs> That's what it means to be in the club. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Polycule. Yep. So uh, instead of finding her girlfriend in the Hendersons, <laughs> she finds the body of one of her schoolmates hanging from the ceiling. So Jeffrey, poor fucking Jeffrey, the one who... Faye had been weird about in the first book, the first guy who, first person who interacted with her, um, with Cassie when she got to school, Mm -hmm. who is dating Sally, and Sally might have been the one who killed Corey. He decided as soon as he saw beautiful Cassie, (laughs) he just like shoved Faye and Sally out of the way, like (laughs) ran across the the room and was like, you want to (laughs) dance? I did like that scene, though, because they spend it talking about his, like, weird situation with Faye and Sally. Yeah. He doesn't want Faye, but he's dating Sally, but he definitely wants to do a dance with (laughs) Cassie. I just like that it was just like, oh, instead of choosing either of these girls who are about to, like, rip each other to shreds because of me, I'm just going to go with this other very nice girl. She's probably not as horrible as the rest of the fucking witches because she's new. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's him. He he done got hung. So Cassie freaks out and Nick shows up to calm her down. And this is our first, like, hint that Nick is going to matter to Cassie's whole deal in this book. Yeah, it was a nice scene with him. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the only thing we've seen him do aside from smoke, so... <laughs> <laughs> smoke and be disaffected right smoke and glare at people right um so eventually adam joins them and adam and nick like growl at each other and like <laughs> pee on cassie they just need to kiss those two i there's so many things here like nick is a big question mark for me but like 
Adam and Nick and the way that they act like Stefan and Damon, like they have like mm. this history there, but nobody ever Isn't says Nick what it is. the oldest by like two days? Yes, his birthday is first. Which is weird to me that neither of them is going for coven leader. I mean, obviously Nick doesn't want it. Right. Well, and Adam's consort, so you know. <laughs> Why be in charge when you can be king consort? <laughs> exactly. It's a much easier job. So uh, they notice a mark on the wall that indicates that the dark energy has been here. The darkness. And so Cassie uses their other trick that they use three times in this book to track Conveniently, she had a necklace. Yep, thankfully. Uh, so they end up running into Deb, who joins them in their hunt. <laughs> Wait, I have it marked. Hold on. Uh, so Cassie says, why don't you help us, Deborah? Um, of course, it's probably dangerous. And Deborah, so what? You think I'm scared? All right, I'm coming. You guys get out of here. <laughs> I love your Rosa reading. <laughs> She's just Rosa in my head. She is, I know. <laughs> There's like a line where she's just like, like that one, that one is, is the, the best because she's like, what? You think I'm scared? Fuck you. I'm going. <laughs> There's other times where I'm like, you're so Rosa. This line would be so horrible and and ridiculous, but I hear it oh. as Rosa. Oh no, I know exactly what you're talking about. And trust me, we will get there. Okay, please don't let us miss it because I definitely want to read won't. it. I won't. I fucking quoted it in my notes. Yay. There. So. so yeah, so Rosa's like, fuck you, I'm going. I know. I love that Cassie already knows how to manipulate this girlfriend. Um, yep. So, <laughs> hey babe, it might be dangerous. I don't know if you should go. Fuck you, I'm protecting you. <laughs> I've only known Cassie for two weeks. <laughs> but if anything happened to her, I would kill everyone at this dance and then myself. <laughs> yes. It's perfect. <laughs> we beamed it, Raven. Are you proud of us? it back to the fucking cemetery again and then they lose yeah. it they keep getting to the cemetery and the cemetery is like do you get it to you <laughs> it's here this is important so again they talk for a while about who might have killed jeffrey was it an outsider was it fake we it know it was the darkness i first love my true love let's go <laughs> so uh the next day cassie has the oh, fucking wait. I need to make a writing comment here. Okay, go. Uh, Deborah gave him a scornful look. Next next sentence after she says something. Cassie gave him a scornful look. <laughs> and then everybody looks uh, derisive, I think is the word. But like, there's like three things that keep fucking happening. It's like scornful looks and scornful looks and people and like, oh, Nick. Nick made a derisive sound. And I'm like, how many times are people going to make fucking derisive sounds in this one fucking scene? <laughs> they, they all grew up together. They just make the same sounds and noises. I guess so. Uh, no, she does have those ticks, though, right? Because yeah. we get the same phrase for Diana's hair 18 times. Oh, you mean sunlight and moonlight all mixed into one? Yeah, sunlight and moonlight all mixed together. Did you know that it no, looks I like didn't. sunlight and moonlight all mixed together? Gosh, if only I could describe it. <laughs> we get the same thing for like adam's eyes and mm -hmm. there's a lot of that stuff mm -hmm. which wouldn't be bad across several series but because it's always like repeated five times in the same book mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah that 
Uh, the next day, Cassie has the worst interaction with her grandmother and her mother that is literally just, we know what's going on, but we can't tell you because the plot says so. See this hoop, honey? Come on, jump, jump. <laughs> and her grandma's even like, you want to talk? And she's like, I need to know shit. She's like, it's not time yet. I. What if you need to stay in the dark? <laughs> she pulls the Morgan's mom and dad, which is like, mm, we still got a few pages before we can talk about that, hon. But... <laughs> at least them they're like we're trying to sort our own shit out (laughs) this one is just it's not time oh they uh, yeah and they flat out admit that later on they're just like nope you weren't allowed to know yet i mean and if she said i'll tell you after the vote because i know you've got a vote coming up or something like anything to indicate that like they were on a timetable of being like, you can't know until you've made your choice. You've got a choice to make. Sure. Yeah. That there was a reason that they were withholding this information besides yeah. contrivance. But it's not. And and at the end of this book, I looked back on this scene and I'm just like, oh, no, can't do that from here. Because <laughs> if I did that, then the whole plot would be weird. Like, she's already here. You could you could just tell her what's happening. Yep. Sure could. And then none of this shit would happen. And she could make better fucking choices. Nope. So Cassie goes back out to the cemetery to look for uh, the stone that she lost chasing after the dark power. I was really hoping that would come back at some point. but it didn't. Uh, No, it's just, just more contrivance. Just lost. Uh, and she ends up noticing that all of the uh, Circle Kid's parents died in the same year. I mean, I noticed it instantly. Of course. <laughs> I don't know why it took her so long, but maybe it's just because I'm obsessed with dates. <laughs> it's possible. It took it took Ollie two headstones. It took Cassie like eight. She was like, oh, Sean's mom. Oh, two other names. I'm like, problem. It's <laughs> 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 a fucking problem. She gets one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then she's like, wait, eight. Ha-ha. Oh god! Uh, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Right? Like two, two, two is all you need. <laughs> two is a pattern. <laughs> so uh, Diana explains that they all died in a hurricane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, this is the kind of stuff that I'm here for. Like this sort of mystery. Like oh, all of the kids' parents all mysteriously died in a hurricane it's this same year. Key. Like, mmm, tasty, tasty plot yeah. mysteries. Yeah. I like it. Exactly. I'm like, why wasn't this one of the first fucking things that you learned? Like, right? It's a mystery. This is a plot that I care about. I mean, right. not fully, but like, <laughs> it would have would have sustained me right? through the first half of this book and through the first book as well, being like, okay, but look, you found a bunch of people's names and they all died because it wouldn't just say, you know, 1955 to 1976. It mm-hmm. would say the fucking day. Yeah. They would all have the same day. And you'd be like, that's really weird. That's like only a couple months before I was born. Mm-hmm. How odd. Because that's the one thing we don't get mentioned is that uh, until like towards later is that this is less than a year after the kids were born in November, December of 75. So. Looking at that and going, um, there was a, there was a big thing. And then, oops, I met, I met Sean Delaney. Huh. I remember that name. Oh, somebody, somebody Quincy. Oh, somebody Armstrong. Then be like, oh my God, everyone in the club's parents, a lot of them died like when they were like eight months old. 
Right? And like Cassie spent the first half of the book being alone so she could have wandered alone to the graveyard. Exactly. Exactly. We're fixing it. <laughs> like, but, but actually fixing it. Actually as opposed to just being like, what if there was no plot? Because <laughs> there already isn't a plot. We're like, what if there was plot at the beginning of the first exactly. book? Exactly. Because then she'd be like, oh, the club. It's all kids who grew up with, like, a bunch of their parents died. Oh, and they all live on the same road. You know, it was a big tragedy that, like, trauma bonded them. Oh, they were all born within a month of each other. That's also pretty weird. Right? Was there an orgy? I'm betting there was an orgy. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, she could have been giving us more from the beginning. Yeah, no, and and I... Again, this is this is a kind of mystery that I'm I'm into. So some Roanoke shit. Like, let's do it. Right? But uh it is only briefly mentioned. Yeah. And then we go and back to the drama. Like, solved within a couple chapters. Yep. So there's a brief mention that Jeffrey's death has made the relationship between like the circle kids and the other normal humans. And the servant class. <laughs> the servants. It's upset the help. <laughs> They're upset because one of them has died and they think it was us. Not just one of them, but a popular one of them. Mmm, how dare. Um, but it's literally just a paragraph mention and then it's never brought up again. We don't even get to see them go to his funeral, which I thought would have been an interesting scene. Well, no, because they make kind of a big deal out of it because Diana's like, oh, we should go. And then somebody, I think like Laurel or Melanie is like, nah, maybe not. They don't like right. us right now. Right? Uh, and then I guess they don't go. So yeah. I guess, right? Because she says, we have to, but then literally it's never brought up again. Uh, this book is kind of a mess in that way. Like, I feel like there are a lot of plot threads that kind of get brought up and then get dropped. Yeah. So then they start talking about the Halloween dance. Very important. Yes. Cassie decides that the best way to avoid getting roped into hanging out with Adam is to ask Nick out. And again, don't really get what Nick's deal is. The book says multiple times that he doesn't like girls. And I know. <laughs> multiple times. Putting aside our interpretation of that statement, LJ, what what was LJ going for? Are you trying to indicate gay? I don't think yeah. you're trying to indicate ace because you wouldn't recognize that as being a thing. If we so, slapped it in front of you. So our options are gay or misogynist. Which right. He, and he doesn't come off as misogynist. No, he comes off as kind of a jerk to everybody, but they exactly. specify that he doesn't like girls. So what am I supposed to get from this, LJ? Yeah, and the, because this is, while it's in third person, it's still basically from Cassie's point of view. Cassie feels like yes. Nick doesn't even like girls. Very important. Cassie sees Nick as a misogynist, so why are you, why, why do this? Right? If the answer is not gay, but misogynist, why is she like, I shall ask the misogynist to take me to the dance so that I am buffered. <laughs> right? He comes across more as just like a kind of shy, weird kid who has a lot of chips on his shoulder. Like, for sure. He's just that tall, dark and handsome, mysterious dude who works on his car and smokes where you're like, I know your type and you're probably not as badass as everybody thinks you are which he proves like yeah he proves that he's actually just kind of a human being so i would like to make a presentation please i i have slides if you could direct your attention yes, yes, to the projector uh, lights please thank you 
Thank you. Um, so you'll see here uh, in book one, Nick is one of like three characters who are uh, potentially identified as a person of color. Yes. Yes. Him and him and Deborah are cousins. Yes. And it's specified that Nick has brown skin. Now this was the 1990s. So my assumption is that was meant to be tan. But I present a Nick who is maybe the only person of color on Crowhaven Row, and maybe <laughs> that's why he has the chip on his shoulder. <laughs> and just like all of these white kids. All of these white kids with their drama, drama, drama. Young man of color just wants to fucking get through life and go off to college. So listen, I don't, obviously that's not the intent, and it's probably not good representation either way, yeah. Yeah, but... Yeah. So for for me, I think I mentioned last time, but for me, the ones that got coded and it was not necessarily in a great way as these are potentially people of color were basically all of the quote unquote bad kids. Yes. Where Nick got coded as a brown kid and um, and Deborah is his cousin and the Henderson brothers get the horrible, you know, slanted oh, my eyes. eyes are slanted. And you're like, okay, so Five that's times to in be. This book. It was driving me wild. <laughs> I'm so glad you counted. But like, so they've got this kind of East Asian coding from the 90s. And then Faye gets exotic a lot in her Mm -hmm. black hair. Well, so they back, well, not backpedal. I I don't think LJ intended any of these kids to be anything but white. But yeah, no, same. They do talk a lot about Faye's pale, pale white skin in this book. Yeah, but honey pale. She's got golden eyes, she's got black hair, and she's got honey pale skin. What the fuck does that mean, by the way? I honestly think it's it's just one of those things where uh, it's like, oh, she's probably a person of color, but it gets erased a lot because white passing. Hmm. You think it's meant to indicate like a, her skin tone? Because I, I stared at honey pale for a while and was like, honey's not pale, though. <laughs> no, but it's golden. Hmm. And anytime anybody in the 90s couldn't just come out and be like, this is this person's heritage. <laughs> what food are we going to compare you to? Well, and exactly that too, where it's like, some people get described as sunlight and moonlight. Some people get described as food. <laughs> well, I mean, Adam's hair is also very drinkable, so. <clears throat> Bacchus wine. <laughs> but like... I could I could write a small essay on the <laughs> intense coding. Not a big essay, but enough of an essay to say, yeah, I don't think LJ Smith intended anybody to be anything other than white, white, white kids. Mm-hmm. However, interpreting this to include children and teens of color is super possible. Yep. Doesn't make it good because they're <laughs> like, because also if you're going to be throwing these this coded language onto characters of color who are the bad kids. This is just an extra layer of what the fuck. Also, I mean, it, we don't have to talk about it a whole lot, but there's a whole lot of fetishizing of whiteness, of Diana's being like pale and white, uh, yep. of, of white being directly tied to good and black being directly quoted as being everything bad. Yeah. So the white hair, the black hair. Yeah. Faye, you know, Faye is black hair, black dress. I wanted to mention, so you know how we talk a lot about like pale skin, blue veins and tracery and shit like that? Mm-hmm. I'm starting to be able to see the veins all over my skin because of weight changes. Mm-hmm. That shit is not beautiful. 
<laughs> like, it's cool if someone feels that they do. But, like, I'm looking at myself in the mirror uh, sometimes and I'm just like, God, I can see all my fucking blue ass veins. <laughs> and I hate it. Well, and it just makes me think of fucking vampires in these goddamn books who are like... <laughs> and I'm like, no! You look at your face and you can see your goddamn veins. <laughs> it's not great. Well, Ollie, you're just upholding your human beauty standards. <laughs> vampires would find that wonderful. Like, great, they know exactly what part of my cheek to bite. <laughs> right? The vampires find knowing where all your blood is very appealing. Mmm, your skin is so paper thin. I can see every little capillary. Oh, I'm what? delighted by the idea that vampires' beauty standards are based on <laughs> where they could easily find food. <laughs> they love varicose veins. Oh, I like, love it. And there's nothing inherently ugly to being able to see these things. It's just, It's just weird to me that, like... It's fetishized. It's it's beautified. I'm like, no. No, it super is. I mean, the, you know, the, the delicate tracery of veins, et cetera, et cetera, for sure. <laughs> like, we've got the phrase for it. And I just, every time I see it, I just hate it. Because <laughs> like, I look at myself and go, I'm pretty. Exactly. I'm like, I don't like that. No. <laughs> it so means I'm, I haven't been in the sun enough. <laughs> you're starting to look more and more like meat. <laughs> yeah, right? I look and go, oh no, they want to eat me. <laughs> they look at you and they, you just transform into a fucking turkey. <laughs> oh god. Okay. So I just so wanted anyway. to give you that update. <laughs> <laughs> so she asks Nick to the dance. Uh, no, she doesn't. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She tries. She tries to ask Nick to the dance and he's rude to her and she runs away. He's he's not. I'm going to defend Nick here. She drops a fucking like ball bearing that he definitely <laughs> needed for his fucking motor and it falls somewhere in a goddamn garage. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And she's like, I gotta go. It is a delightfully clumsy meat cute. <laughs> like, yeah. And you're just like, ugh. Cassie just walks in, knocks over his car. Want to go to the dance? It's like, not at all. So uh, as she's running away, she runs into the Hendersons, who are- I love that scene. They're on their way to Salem to steal pumpkins. Um, So adorable, because also super New England for me. Is it? I've known those kids. Okay, that's a good point, because- So, like, this entire scene is kind of useless, except to be, like, the Hendersons, like, humanizing scene. Yeah. Yeah, it's very obviously that. But I kind of hated that because the kids are like nothing but little douchebags. And Cassie is just like, boys will be boys. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, They shouldn't have fucking stolen pumpkins. And Cassie shouldn't have been like, it's fine. At the same time, does that shit happen? Yeah. (laughs) I believe that it happens. I just don't like it. No, it doesn't need to happen. No kid should go out and steal pumpkins. Like, that's not your pumpkin. Fuck you. They're just like, these kids have been like privileged little assholes that nobody ever spanks mm. for this entire series. And I don't like Cassie getting on board with it. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, honestly, if anything happens because of that scene, it's that we get to see that Cassie is even more indoctrinated into the whole, like, I must protect them. Right. I'm like, part of this. This is who I am. Fuck the humans. Yep, yep, no, for sure. She's just like, they're just so adorable. They don't mean any harm. Okay, Cassie. They literally stole what sounds like, I don't know, 20 fucking pumpkins. 
Right? I don't even care about, like, the farmer that they stole the pumpkins from. It's just the fucking entitlement that gets me. Yeah. Um, so they also are here so that Cassie can hear a witch tour <laughs> that explains all the different ways that witches were murdered back in witch burning times. I just hate that, like, if she didn't hear this, how the fuck were we going to get there? It's a fucking stretch either way. Oh, yeah. Uh, But no, this is another hoop that the book has to jump through to make this connection, which is that all of the deaths so far have been ways that witches died back in the day, which, I mean... necks, being hung, being pressed, aka having rocks smushed on you. That's a stretch. Didn't they break necks because of being hung? I feel like that one's kind of doubling up. Yeah, that that's the one where I'm like, I don't know. Because there were really only the two ways that the Salem witch trials killed people. There was not burning or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was just, you were hung, and then, like, one dude got pressed, where they, they put a board and they put rocks on you. Ugh, it's not yes. heavier and heavier rocks, it's just that the rocks are heavier, because there are more of them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, if it was just, oh, everyone's having their necks broken. Right, and again, this is a part of the mystery that is kind of interesting, right? But it's also, so, it's such a stretch that it sort of, it lessens the impact of something that could be interesting, Mm -hmm. and just makes it kind of silly. Like, I think, I was hoping when they first started talking about it, that all of the people who died were going to be people who came from people who persecuted the humans who died you Mm -hmm. know kind of thing of being like oh you would have killed us in this way so i shall kill you in this way Mm -hmm. or being like oh this malevolent spirit is enacting 18 deaths Mm -hmm. yeah the number would be good yeah sure right however Corey was involved in it so it's like all right well is she gonna be the outlier of this but also then that means we have to deal with like 18 fucking deaths (laughs) right and Corey was a witch so like You're not the answer on humans. why she's killed to me makes plot sense, but just like there's just nothing to it. This is an unnecessary layer. Yeah, I, I feel like it's they're trying to build a mystery, but we know. We already know it's the dark magic shit, so why are we pretending we don't? No, but Cinna, is it another witch? Is it one of the outsiders? <laughs> there's three potential options. <laughs> So, which we'll talk about again. Don't worry. Mm. So Cassie uh, takes this revelation to Diane Adam. Diane. Diane. Diana and Adam. Diane Adam. That's their power couple name. Diane yes. Adam. <laughs> she takes it to Diane Adam. <laughs> and the three of them do more fucking plot dithering. And... <laughs> They they sort of think that like, oh, every time we use the skull, something bad happens. But uh, 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 we can't actually make that revelation because nobody knows that Cassie and Faye used the skull before Jeffrey dies. So, eh. but at least we know that that's what's happening. We do. That is that's information for us. That's between us and LJ. Thank fuck. They all just sort of fight about whose fault it is. It's like honestly, the three of you should just fucking fuck and get it over with already. Jesus. <laughs> Cassie has a short conversation with Adam about, like, how she's holding up, and it's around this point that we start getting into the through line of how bad Cassie is. And she's wicked. bad now. She's evil. 
Maybe next time. It's very melodramatic, and I don't think we're meant to take it seriously. I sure as hope hope not. (laughs) Because it's very silly. Uh, She, like, starts having dreams about Faye tempting her to the dark side, where she's going to be a naughty girl who does bad things. (laughs) But uh, later on, Faye actually invites her to do naughty bad girl things. She invites her to a girls' night with Suzanne and Deborah. And holy shit, LJ, what the fuck? Okay, so I'm a pizza delivery guy. Oh my god, you are. Yeah, so this had a whole level of bullshittery. I've had customers be inappropriate, but I don't step foot inside anybody's house. Mm -hmm. So the fact that it's one, it pissed me off that it was all dudes who showed up. Right. Two, pissed me off that any of them would step foot inside. Mm-hmm. Because you don't do that. Three, all of the boys who stay there, because also they're all fucking teenagers who show up. I'm sorry, most of the pizza delivery people I know are like, some of them are teenagers, and then others are older people. <laughs> so, like, they just happen to get their pick of seven handsome young men, but those ones aren't handsome, but these ones are. <laughs> like, the lack of diversity. Uh, the hilariousness that they've got seven fucking pizza joints on this goddamn island or that that seven pizza places would places would come to this island right that would deliver like i was so pulled out of this story (laughs) that i already was having a hard time with i love that you're like your pizza delivery facts are not accurate lj no because they live on a fucking island there's gonna be like maybe two rival pizza joints on this island if if there's another one on the mainland that will deliver to you they're gonna be like i mean i guess it's the 90s but still they're gonna want to take your fucking like credit card down (laughs) right also they're not gonna they're not going back like if No, actually, no. Hold up. I erased that thought because anyone that would need to travel over a fucking bridge is going to be like, uh, you can pick it up, but we don't deliver because most places have a very small radius Mm -hmm. on how far they will deliver. Where I lived at one point, there was a pizza joint literally up my road a mile and they (laughs) wouldn't deliver. Same road. Wouldn't deliver. I had to go pick it up my goddamn self, even though it was a mile away because I was in another town and they wouldn't deliver over town lines wow so like the odds that it's not just like a domino's and a fucking pizza hut and then like tony's pizzeria because they're all tony pizzerias that there's seven of them (laughs) that will come here that all have age-appropriate boys Mm -hmm. half of them are attractive that they will all step inside too much too much for me I can, I mean, obviously I don't have, like, pizza delivery objections. I know nothing about how pizza delivery works. (laughs) I just have this oddly specific knowledge. (laughs) Like, everything in my life. uh, They are magically roofing them, so... They are, but not until they get them inside. Oh, true. Because she does say, like, oh, I have to write a check. Please come in while I get my checkbook. Right. She's like, I left my money in my purse in the other room. Come on in. Once they're inside, I believe that the magic hits them. For sure. But also, teenage boys, hot girls? Mm. Nope. No? Nope. All right. They are making money. (laughs) Focused on getting that cash. 
yeah, they've got to get back. Which also, side note, all of those boys are fired now. Oh, yeah. The ones who stay. Absolutely. You never showed back up. You might even have multiple deliveries in your goddamn car. You're fired. Those (laughs) girls got those boys fired. Right. On top of the other bad things they did to them. Right. The ones who were lucky are the ones who they were like, eh, I don't think he's hot enough, and sent him on his way. Because the worst thing that happens is he brings the pizza back and says to the boss, it was a prank call, and now they've got the dead pizza and everybody at the work can eat the pizza. (laughs) The fact that they weren't, like, kids that they knew growing up or anything like that, that some of them aren't, like, also seniors and being like, oh, so-and-so showed up, Uh, he's always been cuter, oh, it's this kid who graduated last year or the year before that, like, nope. Hate it. So yeah, no, the girls do some magic in the room that they're hanging out in. They call for a bunch of pizzas and then they invite the hot pizza boys in and magically roofie them and then have sex with them, mm-hmm. which is right. So mm-hmm. they well, rape Susan the boys. and they. Susan gets herself a fucking threesome, which is, yeah, okay, right? LJ. You're like, I, I guess that's what you wanted to do here. Yeah, like, Susan, Susan, who was humanized in the last yeah. section of this book, now is like, oh, we're just going to magically roofie these boys. And it's cool. I'll take both of them. That's a fucking problem. This book is all over the place, right? Because, like, Cassie even explicitly acknowledges that these boys don't have a choice. Like, and that's yeah. bad, right? Yeah. Like, and she's she's thinking about it. And it's nice to see her work through it. Right. To be like, this is my privilege. I could just take this. This boy is, he seems nice. He's cute. He's, he's not really there. No, this is not right. Right. She's like, he doesn't have a choice. This is wrong. But she's gonna leave and let those boys happen. What happens? Right. Because the boy that she leaves isn't sent on his way. Nope. So we just have to assume he gets probably involved in Susan's thing. Yeah, this is wildly problematic okay so let's add you're fired you are magically compelled to have sex with at least a girl possibly also do stuff with other dudes that maybe you didn't want to do uh but you definitely didn't have a choice in doing so magical compulsive rape you're fired uh but it's okay suzanne has a big heart um And in addition, it's under her big titties. Um, (laughs) That's why her titties so big. (laughs) Need room for that heart. Her rib cage is just enormous. It's not that she's got big tits. No. (laughs) (laughs) They're very normal sizes. Not that big tits are not normal sizes, but, you know, they're just normal sized titties. (laughs) But her rib cage. (laughs) (laughs) She just has to make room for that big, big heart. So... (laughs) Uh, but yeah, no, Suzanne does this, doesn't have a problem with it. Uh, Deborah is at least complicit in it. Like, this is yeah, not no, the first time they've done this. Exactly. Exactly. This is not a thing that they've uh, not done before. Nope. So, like, these characters who all get this moment to be, like, humanized and like, oh, they're not really that bad. I misjudge them. Are fucking rapists. Like, mm-hmm. what are we doing, LJ? And she did this in the friggin' um... Vampire Diaries. Yeah. Yep. Yes, this is like just a thing she does. You know, sometimes people rape people and those people are human too. And sometimes it's magically compulsive, that's all. <sighs> and it's always and there magically are good guys. compulsive. <laughs> like, what? Anyway, 
So Cassie uh, refuses to participate and Deborah is not into boys. So <laughs> she's not. They didn't get any girl deliveries this time. So oh, maybe. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's. Yeah, I can't it got forgive worse. It. Yeah, it's like, I, I can't forgive it because it means that, like, if there had been a gal who showed up and Deborah was like, I don't find her not attractive, come on in. Right. Like, she's upset. She's just sitting there, like, I don't know, perched on the corner of a chair or something and being like, mm, no chicks. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> like, I don't like it, LJ. Why are you making me think about this? No, don't like it. But <laughs> this does set up Cassie and Deborah's romantic moonlight ride. The only reason I could keep going. <laughs> she she takes uh, Cassie on her motorcycle ride. And in any other book, if Deborah were a boy, this would be the most romantic scene. Seriously. The whole thing is amazing. I mean, I feel like reading this, it helped me get past the fucking pizza thing. Yeah. Which... I should never have gotten past <laughs> Like, that's another moment of uh, DNF. Yeah, yeah. But instead, it was like, all right, we keep going and think, fuck, there's this scene. <laughs> yep. So, like, Cassie's got her arms around Deb's waist and she has to be like, no, you can't stop fighting the turns. You have to lean into them. And she's <laughs> holding on to her. And She's I... like, relax. <laughs> don't, don't fight the way I'm leaning. And you're just like, this is... A metaphor for sex? <laughs> right? Don't, don't fight it, Cassie. So they drive up to a cliff and they have a romantic moment where they, they bond do. over the fantasy of driving on the ocean. Yep. So, what do you think? It was wonderful. Like flying. <laughs> Look over there. It looks like a road. Like you could ride on it. That would be the ultimate just ride to fly straight off the edge guess that's what the old time witches wanted <laughs> we better go <laughs> amazing <laughs> she's like mm, cool she get out of here <laughs> the worst the world's worst sentence Just ride until you fly straight ride, off the fly. edge, she says. Right. Reading it, I'm just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but it's so Rosa. It's super Rosa. She's like, mm, yeah. I love, and in the next paragraph, it's like, and now Cassie understood why Deborah rode a motorcycle. It's like, just say <laughs> oh, the thing. Oh, now you understand. Absolutely. <laughs> just yeah, say sure. the thing, LJ. That's why I ride a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> Now I understand that Deborah is a human too. <laughs> and some also, weird ideas on flying. And also very gay for me. Right. Okay. So that's that's what I hate. They're talking about like witch stuff and being like, oh, that, that would be cool. And then she's just like, this is the moment where they would kiss, but because no homo, we better go. Yep. <laughs> I mean, just, like abruptly even. Yeah. She's just like, yeah. we better go. Which is also super Rosa to me. <laughs> It is. It is wonderful. I think I'm about to catch some feelings. We should go. I'm, I'm so glad that Brooklyn Nine-Nine exists because I otherwise know. this would be terrible. Deborah would be the worst because otherwise it'd be like, that would be the ultimate. Just ride to fly straight off the edge. I guess that's what the old time witches wanted. Like, no, no. She's just like, mm. yep. That'd be sweet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking sweet. <laughs> 
You need Rosa to have Deborah be worth it. <laughs> I love it. And then as they're leaving, like Cassie finds a chunk of fucking uh, hematite and she yeah. recognizes it as her working crystal, which mm. is her soulmate crystal or whatever the fuck. Right. Right. Which is another moment where you're like, this is such a like you're with Deborah. You just had a yes! super fun time. Deborah's like, I'm catching feelings. We should go. Yes. And then you find your working stone and she's like, holy shit, it's hematite. It's really powerful. Oh my God, this is your stone. Yeah, and she's so excited for her. It's such a couple moment. It really fucking is. I'm so mad at the no homo. And like... Because <laughs> it's such a good moment. <laughs> there are so many good ships here and they're all gay. And I'm mad. And Deborah as like the bad girl. <laughs> Deborah is like such a better bad girl than Faye. Just being like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm going to ride my motorcycle and like do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, Deborah is straight up the nick of this series, right? Where she's yeah. just like this aloof, distant, like vaguely hostile person who warms up to Cassie because everybody wants to fuck Cassie. <laughs> Which, you know, is fair because they did not grow up with Cassie, so. Yeah. Right, like you got to warm up and especially some, so someone like Deborah is very much like that street cat kind of thing where it's like it, it lives on the street and you're, everybody knows it. And you're like, oh, I'm going to go pet it. And it's like, yeah, no, but you don't live here. This cat does not know you. It does not want to be pet by you. But eventually you're just like, what's up, cat? And the cat's like, I noticed that you're not trying to pet me, so I will stand near you. <laughs> right. I'll stand in front of you when the danger comes. <laughs> so she drops Cassie off and then ruins the whole thing by telling her to not give up on Nick because no home. Oh my god. Yep. Another very Rosaline is when Cassie's like floundered and like, uh, uh, uh. And then Deborah's just like, whatever. See you later. <laughs> it's so perfect that whole scene is extremely rosa and i love it i know it's so how did you know lj <laughs> how did you predict uh so the next day the circle meets up again to discuss the whole hey when we use the skull people die mm-hmm. and they decide to use the stone to trace the energy a fucking again third time's a charm and Cassie agrees and then Faye freaks out and yells at Cassie because she's afraid that it'll lead back to her room. And like, Faye's so bad at this too. Like, yeah. Faye keeps pulling Cassie aside in front of the rest of the group, <laughs> even though Cassie is Diana's best friend and they're mortal enemies. It's like, they are obviously planning something. Yeah, like I, it makes everything that happens later where it's like, what it's such a shock i'm like not really no she yelled at her in front of the rest of you about agreeing to do something diana wanted why are you guys not noticing this plot anyway uh (laughs) so luckily instead the stone leads them to the empty lot where black john's house used to be which is super upsetting because like deborah only just fucking brought it up yesterday like why didn't we get this brought up in book one when she moved in right like oh look there's an empty lot what was that grandma oh well there used to be a house there but it burned down because instead i've been dealing this whole time with like oh i'm the lot at the end of the road yeah yeah no yeah they give you no impression that there's anything else yeah there was like a little bit of a like turnaround up there but it just felt like a fucking the cul-de-sac you put at the end of the road so that you don't have to try to back down the whole road Right. This is once again, like, something Cassie could have done in book one where it was like, oh, I found this weird stone down there. That's super weird. It feels like it should be mine. Uh, This is before I know about witches. Very strange. Yeah. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen her have some stuff happen that was like, 
I've always felt a little this way or that way when I was a kid, and I kind of, you know, maybe even hinting like, oh, I knew when something might happen in a little way, but as I get closer to living in this area, more weird shit happens, and I discovered the graveyard, noticed this weird thing, and I discovered the stone. Like, just more hints, aside from, like, the circle being weird. Yeah. Anyway, this is also where Cassie found the stone, which freaks her out a little bit. And she goes to tell Diana about it. But instead, they get into a fight because Diana doesn't realize how bad Cassie is. She's just upset. She's like, oh, dear, you don't know me. You don't know me, Diana. I've done things. Terrible things. (laughs) Diana's like, I doubt that. You've only been here for a month. (laughs) Right? So uh, the group agrees that they're going to have a circle up here after the Halloween dance. But Halloween dance, very important. So Cassie psychs herself up to ask Nick to the dance again because she's a bad girl now. And bad girls aren't afraid to ask boys to dances. I've got this iron strength stone with me. <laughs> I feel a shell covering my emotions. And then she walks up to Nick, asks him out. He's rude to her and she runs away again. <laughs> I love that she's like, okay, fuck, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not bad. I'm not bad. This was a mistake. Well, and Nick is like, are you doing this? Because, like, I mean, he ultimately is saying you're doing this for the wrong reasons. Right. He's like, you're trying to make Adam jealous. Right. Which, you're wrong, Nick. But, like, Nick is like, why are you doing this? Are you being weird about it? And it's like, wait, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's fine. I'd love to do it. Right. But, like, there again, like, are you catching feelings? What am I supposed to take from this? Everybody catching feelings for Cassie. I know. See, this is what Elena needed, is not just everybody loves Elena, but everyone to slowly love Elena. (laughs) But yeah, I liked the scene with Nick. I thought it was really sweet and felt very realistic in a a book that has not had many realistic scenes. Right, fair. I I do appreciate that Cassie immediately crumbles. It's pretty funny. (laughs) Cassie immediately crumbles. Nick assumes it's something awful. Right. And then Nick immediately crumbles. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I'm sorry. I would love to take you, you small child. <laughs> I feel bad. So we have another pre-dance montage. Cassie dresses as a muse and the other girls dress as their one personality trait. I was so upset by that because it felt extremely YA, but then the boys got to just like dress up like a normal Halloween would be. Right, because, like, Cassie is a muse, and one of the girls is a fairy, and they're all, like, Greek goddesses and stuff, which are not, like, branded costumes, TMTM, like, which, it's very old-timey, like, I'm going as a fucking ghost with a sheet over my head, because mom made it, like. But then Sean's a skeleton, and the Henderson boys are, like, a character from a sci-fi show they like, and it's like, that is much more the way Halloween should be right. instead of you all being like I'm a beautiful goddess yeah. yeah I'm an ethereal otherworldly creature Deb just basically goes as a biker chick <laughs> Deb just wears her normal clothes <laughs> like I was really hoping Deb would break it up because here's the other thing too right these kids grew up in New England mm-hmm. and I can't say for everybody in New England but Halloween was pretty huge because we got the trees man we got the pumpkins mm-hmm. <laughs> we got we got salem it was fun to have halloween in new england mm-hmm. but also it was fun to have spooky shit so like deb's the one i'm looking at going why aren't you dressed as like a fucking axe murderer or something something spooky and scary right <laughs> like, like a fucking zombie biker 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I could see her doing something fun with makeup in a way that was unique and being like, yes, I still did makeup, but I did this cool special effects makeup. So I was disappointed by the lack of Halloween representation <laughs> as a haunter. Um, so yeah, this is the scene where Cassie fucking loses her breath at how beautiful Diana is, and yep. then loses it at how beautiful Adam is, and she's just a fucking bi-disaster. She really is. So Adam dresses as the fucking horned god, which apparently also means that he gets to take his dog to the prom? Yeah, I don't. There was no need for that shit. Right, there was no reason. They I are thought- literally going back up the road just pick the dog up on the way. Right? Like, I thought the dog would come into play more, but no. Not no, really. He did not. He was just there. Didn't sniff anything out. It's just these fucking witch kids rubbing it in the adult's face that they can do whatever they want. It's all it felt like. The dog was useless, this book. Yeah. I'm sorry, if you're gonna have a dog, I need him to be part of the plot. Right? He's only there to, like, lick Cassie's face so everybody can know no, that she has a connection good. to Adam. Like, yeah. Like, otherwise, it's fine that he has a dog, but, like, leave the dog at home. But he's around him so much, like, he's not his familiar, he doesn't have any kind of extended connection to him. Like, nope. disappointed. Um, I did note that the Henderson boys, like, dresses some sci-fi character with triangles on their faces. Mm-hmm. And uh, Adam is dressed as, like, a horned god. And I'm like, all of these are, like, Julian's outfits on loan. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, I can't wait to see him again. Right. I love I love that LJ has her things that she knows. She really does. And she uses she really them does. a lot. Yeah. I, again, I wish that, you know, shit hadn't gone as awry as it did for her because she was getting somewhere. She got a point that she's trying for. And she's just <laughs> distilling it down further and further. Yep. So at the dance, Faye taunts Cassie with the notion that Adam and Diana might pagan fuck. (gasps) Not normal fuck, pagan fuck. Pagan fuck, it's symbolic, but also fucking. So Cassie gets really Which for me seemed very strange that these two teenagers who are like, oh, we're definitely going to be together forever, have not experimented sexually before now. Or, or that that hadn't occurred to Cassie. Like, right? like they might have on. or might be currently. Yeah. Like, honestly, there was a scene earlier at the beginning of uh, this when they got back from the, the witch museum where she goes upstairs and I'm like, y- you are telling me those two were not making out when you busted open that door <laughs> sitting on her bed? But yeah, no, it really upsets Cassie. So she runs away from poor Nick. Poor and Nick. Adam chases her. He was her. being a good dude. He, yeah, he's been pretty chill through all this. Yeah, he's, he's trying. He's trying to be nice to Cassie. He knows she's nude, all this. Yeah, and that the thing with Adam is not going anywhere good. Uh, and Adam chases her, and Cassie, Cassie's like, I'm bad now, so... I'm a bad girl! I could seduce him so I could fuck him first. I'm sorry, Cassie. No, you couldn't. <laughs> Cassie, who caved two seconds into asking a boy to a dance. Exactly. <laughs> but but she does consider it. She considers specifically, like, taking him to the basement to fuck. And I'm like, children, right? can we please? She's like, oh, we could go to this place, this place, this place. I know three different places we could go and no one would bother us. And I would have him first. And I'm like, wow. Like, Jesus, Cassie. Jesus, LJ. <laughs> I mean, also that, yes. 
But then she remembers Diana and she's like, oh, no, I'm not a bad girl. I can't do this. <laughs> I keep thinking I'm bad, but I'm not. I'm just, I'm not. <laughs> so uh, they go to Black John's old house and they have their circle. It's super quadruple element protected. Which didn't feel any different from any of their other times. Well, this time they took a few more paragraphs to describe the circle. So that's how you know it's important. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Uh, so There's a line count. <laughs> they try to summon the ghost of Black John. Because that is super good idea. Oh, it's a... Te- yeah. Like, really? You're afraid to use the skull, but you want to summon the ghost of Black John? <laughs> the right. dude who made the thing? <laughs> uh, he appears as a literal shadow pilgrim, which I love. It's very Scooby-Doo. And he calls Cassie to him, and Cassie. she does it. Right? She touches his hand. She was going to go. She was going to do it. She touches his hand. He's like, I can show you the world. Let's go. (laughs) Do you trust me? (laughs) She's like, I do, in fact. (laughs) Yoink! (laughs) Um, But then Adam uses a cooler to douse the fucking fire, and Cassie passes out. They got through, like, four layers of magical protection somehow. (laughs) Right? I love that. Because she wakes up and everybody's kind of, like, freaking out. They're like, Cassie, are you okay? And she, like, finds out that Adam, like, burned himself going through the fire to fucking save her. Mm, mm, We got it. We got a good I will walk through the fire moment. (laughs) And uh, the group concludes that Black John is probably evil and Faye's like, (laughs) we don't know that uh so we're fucking wasting more time here so we get to celebrate nick's birthday we finally learn that everybody's got a birth like you don't know about the birthday season no please enlighten us because you haven't told us yet no i love that and this is it's nothing it's more fucking time waster but the only thing that cassie finds out is that they're all born within a month of each other and they all get a chance to go basically skinny dipping there was some shit in that scene where I'm like, this is not cool. But also reminded me of the fucking actually skinny dipping in the sweeps. Oh, yeah, right. I forgot. About like, that. What is with these fucking sky clad witches? But it's I, I would also like to point out they really needed that fucking whatever magic potion they drank to not be freezing because you couldn't pay me to get into the Atlantic in September. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Thankfully, they're it's witches. hard pressed to get into the ocean in the summer. <laughs> it's fucking cold. But I do appreciate that, like, Nick has a hot second to not be, like, angry at everybody. Like, yeah. he gets to have some Just fun be a with kid Cassie. And have fun. Yeah. Uh, and Faye pulls Cassie aside and she's like, Well, my next blackmail thing I'm going to make you do is vote for me. You really should have seen this coming. I know, right? Like, obviously. (laughs) Why did you think any of this was over? Yep. And she's like, the leadership vote is going to happen on Tuesday. And then the next line is like, it was Tuesday. (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah. I I was thrown for a loop. I was like, wait, wait, what? What day? It's happening so fast. (laughs) I love it. Because they did not fuck around. It's just like, you're going to vote for me, Cassie, on Tuesday. It's It's Tuesday. Tuesday. What's your vote? Uh, Faye? <laughs> Fuck, Faye, I said it! <laughs> it's pretty great. Like, I, I liked this scene uh, where they just, like, they go straight into the vote. They're like, uh, yeah. Nick, who are you going to vote for? And Nick's like, Fuck all y'all. Right? My thing is I hate everybody, not voting for anyone. <laughs> no, see? And if we want to read into this, Ace. 
I'm not interested in dudes, and I'm also not interested in chicks. Right. No one. Fair. Uh, so eventually it comes down to Cassie. And I, I do like that Melanie's like, Cassie? And she looks all triumphant, like, yes, obviously Diana's going to win. And then the second time she's like... Because none of us have seen Faye pulling you aside <laughs> repeatedly over the past three weeks. We haven't noticed how you've been kind of estranged from Diana for the past three weeks. Yeah, there's not been, like, any fun time hanging out with the good girls. Nope. And uh, then she's like, Cassie? And she's a little less sure. And then the third time, she's like, Cassie? Cassie, you're (laughs) freaking us out here, hun. And then Cassie's like, Faye! And then the fucking world explodes. Everybody freaks out. (laughs) There's crying and staring. (laughs) Diana goes fucking catatonic for like almost the rest of the book. But you know what, Diana? You shouldn't have been so on your fucking high horse. Right? Like, maybe you should have fucking politicked a little harder, Diana. Faye outplayed you. Sorry. So yeah, the, the circle starts freaking out. Faye is like, give me that fucking crown. It's mine now. (laughs) And she's like, let's go. I want the arm bracelet. I want the garter (laughs) and the knife. Give me the fucking diadem. Let's go. I love that. Like the description also of like Melanie helping Diana get the garter off. It's like (laughs) real awkward, but all right. (laughs) Because it's like, so what happens? Does Adam become your king consort? (laughs) Good question. Is Adam also passed to Faye? So uh, Cassie runs away and she gets into an argument with Adam when she, uh, when he like goes after her and then she kisses him because she's just so bad. And then they run back to the circle immediately. It's like, well, we literally just did that so you could kiss, not in front of anybody. Yeah. Um, back at the circle. So that we can reveal this later. Uh, five seconds from now. <laughs> right. It's just like literal plot cul-de-sac. Anyway. Back at the circle, Faye's like, all right, I'm queen bitch now. We're going to do shit my way. Cassie, get the skull. Oh, thanks for revealing the thing that you uh, were blackmailing for. Right? Like in front of everybody. So bad at this. So Cassie goes to get the skull and eventually Faye admits that she wants to use it in the cemetery because Black John told her to. <laughs> like, why? So Cassie goes to get the skull, and then she and uh, Faye's half of the coven go to the cemetery, where Faye very haphazardly does, like, a shitty version of the circle that Diana did. See, this made me very mad that anybody would vote for Faye when it's very clear she's extremely reckless. I wish that Faye had been good at her job. This is true. By the time we get to this point, I don't really understand why Deborah and Suzanne are friends with Faye. Yeah. Like, I kind of get Suzanne because she doesn't really seem to care about anything aside from boys, but Deborah, aside from her, like, rando aggressiveness, seems pretty, like, she doesn't really care about the magic stuff, so, like, why are you on Faye's side? She's not trying to acquire power. Right, exactly. Like, this isn't her bag, so, like, why? Honestly, if, if I was adjusting stuff with Deborah, I would make her more about, I wanna use this magic to be free of a thing because like the idea of like a teenager with a motorcycle yeah you're a little bit of a badass or you would like to be perceived as a badass but also there's the inherent narrative of Mm -hmm. like the open road and freedom and you're in control of your bike and your destiny and whatever if lj smith wanted to lean into any of the characters more there are ways to do that and that's an easy one with deb to be like i want this power so that i can't have people put power over me sure but she doesn't 
She's just like, it's going to be sweet. Let's go do this thing. <laughs> right. At this point, she's just sort of phased like hired muscle. I mean, there's even a line that Cassie said or thinks about how Deb is just like a lieutenant used to reacting to her, her leader or her superior. And it's like, it erases all of the progress we've made on Deb's character yeah. and brings her back to that scene of them, you know, sitting by the tree and Cassie overhearing them in book one. Yeah, and it's, you've put the effort into sort of developing these characters, but because you haven't really put the effort into developing their relationship with Faye, it doesn't work anymore. And also because, you know, you didn't do the work of developing Faye. Yeah. That's currently the major disadvantage of this story. Mm-hmm. Doing okay with these other characters, like, it's hard work because you started them from a really shitty place. <laughs> but every time they interact with this one character, you've not developed. I honestly, when Deb showed up to get Cassie when she had the skull, and Deb, like, grabbed her and was like, come on, let's go this way, I'm like, oh shit, is Deb doing an about face? Right, yeah. But no, she was like, haha, we've got to get to the the, <laughs> the graveyard. I'm like, what? Why? He's like, ah, I'm, she's making sure we get there. We only need seven. And I'm like, who are, who are you? You've not <laughs> been this person all book. Yeah. Know? So they get to the graveyard. They get to the graveyard. She does the shitty version of Diana's spell. Uh, and just as the good kids charge in to stop them, the fucking skull explodes. Literally explodes. It's not just darkness exploding out of it. The skull explodes. Nope. They all get knocked out. Uh, and they wake up to find that the bunker from earlier has been busted open. And that there's an eerie light in the sky. Gross smell emitting from it. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's nasty. It's that uh, horror black gunk again. So they trace the light in the sky back to Cassie's house, where she and Nick and Deborah go inside because they're her boyfriend and girlfriend. It's true. Uh, there's <laughs> even a note about how Deborah's in front and Nick is behind her and that they did that specifically so that they could protect Cassie. And I'm like, oh, yes, I ship it. <laughs> I like I like that. Like, it's a good it's a good V. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because it's like, we're cousins, we know each other, and we're they're clearly close. Yep. But also, they're like, we protect our girlfriend. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> our, our soft girlfriend needs protection. <laughs> She's small. We're not small. <laughs> right. We protect. So they follow the uh, gross, mucky footprints into Cassie's mom's room, and eventually find Cassie's mom acting, like, real weird and zombie-like. Also vaguely catatonic. <laughs> Yeah, that's just what happens in this book when you're no longer necessary as a character, you go catatonic. <laughs> uh, so they pass Cassie's mom off to one of the other girls and then go into the kitchen where they find a burnt black husk attacking Cassie's grandma. Oh shit, it's time for the plot dump. Yep, so they do this sort of like cool wet grass bullshit that they did in <laughs> Forbidden Game to sort of get through Black John's like weird illusory fire magic and black john leaves although cassie's like well he he just left of his own volition we didn't yeah right we didn't defeat him he chose this <laughs> i do hate though that she's like water think about water yeah. ocean blue mm-hmm. adam's eyes i know like it doesn't start working until she starts thinking about adam right and i was like get over him <laughs> your boyfriend and girlfriend are right here The people who care about you, they don't love you, but they care about you, and they could love you. 
So they rush to Cassie's grandma. It is implied that she's having a heart attack of some sort, but it- But don't call the police because I got shit to tell you. <laughs> police aren't going to show up in five seconds. And it, yeah, no. So she gives the world's longest fucking death There's monologue. no time. Don't call the cops. I've only got 10 minutes left. <laughs> I've got 10 minutes left and I need to use it to tell you the backstory. Except for one thing, apparently. <laughs> So, uh, the backstory is that, what, 17 years ago? 18 years ago? 18, maybe, maybe version on 19, because the kids had to, he had to hang out with the kids, right? Right. So, like, yeah. less than 20 years ago. Yeah. So, not too long ago. Yeah. Black John came back to town. Uh, they didn't know he was Black John, but eventually they figured it out somehow. They call him the man in black. Uh, he charmed all of the teens of that generation into creating a coven. Which they, like, eventually Grandma says he seems like he's only a couple years older than them. So it's like some early 20s dude shows up. Right. He basically, he came in in the 60s and made a fucking cult. Like, yeah, he's Manson. <laughs> and he, like, manipulated them and paired them off, even, like, breaking up couples to, like, put them with people that he wanted them to breed with. That was sketchy, right? That's where I'm like, you didn't notice at that point? Because Grandma says that Nick and... Deborah's parents. So Deborah's mom was supposed to marry Nick's dad. Mm -hmm. Like they were together. But Black John was like, what if you instead married the younger brother? <laughs> right. Which, like, why did that even matter? Because both Deborah and Nick are magical. So. Yeah. Right? Like, what's going on here? Did you need Deborah to be born on a certain day? Like, I don't know. It's just a power trip. You know how that goes. I think so. Again, very Manson. Yes, very. Uh, so the teens all got married and they conceived all the kids very close together. Uh, and then they all got married in like, what, one afternoon or something? Yeah, they just had like <laughs> one big old group wedding. It's like a, they had a hand, hand fasting. fasting. And after the kids were born, like they started realizing that they were super magical. Yeah, grandma happened to be like midwife on almost all of them. She wasn't midwife for Faye because Faye and Diana were born at the same moment by two sisters. Right, which you think would maybe be more important, but it's not. Nope. And they all realized that Black John had arranged this so that he could make a super powerful coven out of the children. There were only 11 kids. There was one more. Who was it gonna be? Shrug. So the brave ones, which I love because Cassie's grandma fucking calls them out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like, sorry, Deborah. I know both your parents are still alive. But, <laughs> but they were the wusses. She literally says like the brave one, the strong ones, the smart ones. Deborah, your parents are shit. The best of Crowhaven Road. <laughs> they uh, went out to confront Black John. It was the night of the hurricane when all the parents died and Black John's house also caught fire and he mm. died too. So they buried him in the bunker. And they were like, we will never speak of this again. Everybody forget you ever did anything magical. <laughs> she then tells Cassie, uh, not only are we witches, we're the best witches. <laughs> we are so good at being witches, Cassie. I have no idea. <laughs> we're so good at being witches. Other people don't believe it, but our family, best and strongest, baby. So good at it. They're not only good witches, they're also like seers. 
which is important because apparently Cassie's like mom and her grandma saw that this was going to happen and that Black John would return and that Cassie would be the only one who could defeat him. But only if she didn't know. Right, which is why we couldn't tell you, Cassie. Mm. Or audience. (laughs) Um, She explains that Black John is a real boy now. (laughs) and that Cassie will have to defeat him. And there's one more thing that I have to... (laughs) Oh, and in there, she got her Book of Shadows. Right, yeah. She's like, Cassie, I have enough time for me to explain to you where the Book of Shadows is. Then I'm going to die. Although I do, I love the, like, grandma fucking, again, calls out the kids being like, yeah, you think that you're the only ones who thought about going back to the old ways. (laughs) Yeah, that is pretty good. She's like, uh, my generation did it. Your parents did it. You fucking kids. Kids these days, I tell you. every day. (laughs) So uh, Cassie goes outside and she confronts Faye and she says, Faye, it's over. I'm not your captive anymore. Done. She throws off her shackles. Yep. And Faye's like, I'll I'll tell on you. Cassie's like, fucking do it. I wish Cassie had just been like, I'm going to fucking tell on me. Yeah, that would have been better. Because what was holding Faye back at that point? Right. Like, nothing. There's no reason not to. <laughs> yeah. She already runs the fucking coven. Right. Just, I'm surprised she didn't rub it in Diana's face. But, uh, yeah, so Faye's like, all right, fine. I'm gonna tell her. And then the book ends. It's just like, we could have ended it somewhere in the last chapter. Right. Or even after Faye tells Diana and then get Diana's reaction on the flip yeah. side. Like... So, like, Grandma dies, and Cassie swallowed... Alright, so, they go outside, blah, blah, blah. Cassie swallowed and nodded. She wasn't sure. She wasn't sure of anything. She only knew what she had to do right now. Never be afraid, Cassie. There's nothing frightening in the dark if you just face it. Just face it. Face it and stand up to it. Then Cassie saw who she was looking for. Like, end there. Mm-hmm. So we're like, ooh, is she gonna go to Diana? Is she gonna go to Faye? Right. Instead, we fall into that trap again. And, like, All that would have been is two pages. Just take two pages off of this book. Right? It's a weird, like, again, mid-conversation place to start. But it's not even, like, a good ending line. It's just kind of... Right? It's just, okay, so we know you're going to fucking say something because you are that kind of person. (laughs) Yep. (sighs) This book. (laughs) These kids are ridiculous. (laughs) I hate plot that's like the fu- so like the oh they're they're crs's things like that i hate that shit <laughs> it feels like when you've got that kind of plot in a book the author gets stuck in the future plot that unless they have plotted this whole thing out and find interesting ways to work with prophecy it feels boring like there was a moment early on in the book or maybe not early on, but like one of the hanging outs where it was like Cassie was like, ooh, I don't want to do this particular thing with the apple peel because it's spooky. It's about telling the future, and that feels weird. And I like that, you know, thinking on it later, that that doesn't foreshadow, but it does say that, like, oh, this character feels an innate, like, maybe we shouldn't be fucking with that because she would actually be able to tell. So it's like your body and your brain and your magic being like, don't fuck with that. (laughs) (laughs) Well... So the other thing is that Cassie doesn't really have visions, right? Like, no. she has intuition sometimes, but it's always... She can, like, come up with spells randomly. Right, but that's 
I guess you could relate that back to her prophecy, but like, if you tell me that a character has the ability to like, see the future, I expect something more than just like, oh, I have a bad feeling about this, you guys. Like, (laughs) anybody could have that. Like, that's witches, you know? Right? Like, so now I'm expecting in the next book for there to be a bunch of like, oh, now that you've told me, I can see the future. And I don't, I don't like that. Well, it also like, Cassie's had one or two dreams, but they were nothing. Yeah, it was like, oh, you're going to tempt me. You could have figured that out anyway. Right? It was her processing what she was dealing with with Faye. Like, this is nothing. Why are we doing this? (laughs) This is nothing. Is this book. (laughs) So that's the book. I would not recommend this series so far. Yeah, I don't know. It's, It's pretty boring. Yeah. Like, I'm glad things worked out that we were able to, uh, you know, hang and chat about it today, because if we had to push this off to next week, I would need to reread the whole book. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, like, I wrote a detailed summary, but I was already forgetting stuff. It's ridiculous. I don't know. It's not that great. It doesn't make me that interested in further L.J. Smith stuff, except for the fact that I know that the next one is Forbidden Game. Yeah. It's like, you're lucky. I already know. Right? It's not even as campy as Vampire Diaries, so it's not as fun. Yeah. It's just very kind of mopey and boring. And not gay enough. Not gay enough. Not at all. Can't can't ship hard enough is the thing. <laughs> because it's so like, wow, it's obvious. Like you and you and I joking about it, it's like everybody knows which is gay. Right? <laughs> everybody How come there's knows not that? one. They joked about it in sweep. Yeah. How come nobody told you? I I don't know, man, if it was just the nineties and she wasn't allowed to, or if she really just did not, I'd love to know. I know, right? Because there's also a line in there where uh, Laurel is talking about Cassie finding a date for the thing. And she's like, woman to man, man to woman. It's natural nature So what witches do? It's witchy. And it's like, did we just, you're not allowed to? Was it the comics code, LJ? What is keeping <laughs> you from doing this? Right? Like, at no point to any of them even mention it. Because, like, you would think that it would mentioned mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to be like ah yes there were many families and they came here and they intermarried and thank goodness because half of them ended up gay <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah for something that is so strongly associated with queerness and whatnot like this is almost erasure yeah well and especially when you get lines like nick doesn't even like girls or you see someone like deb who is extremely coded as you know soft butch mm-hmm. gal to be like this is never coming up and like you're just like no you don't exist right oh. How nice. I just I just want to know, like, did gay just really not occur to her? And if she wrote it today, would she change that? I'm so curious. I assume we'll get to the new Vampire Diaries eventually. I need to know if there's a gay. I know. I, I need to know. We need to know. All right. Well, thanks for listening to us. Yeah, thanks <laughs> for sticking it out. Good job. I know, right? This ridiculous book. <laughs> so you can find us online. The podcast is over on Twitter at Backlist Podcast. You can find me there. Currently, I'm under Olivia Hennis, H-E-N-N-I-S. How about you? I am Endless underscore Run on Twitter. You can also find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Backlist and Chill. And uh, we don't say it enough, but thank you to the people who are patrons. We super duper appreciate you. Oh, heck yeah. And uh, thanks for, like, listening and chatting with us. And and our listeners, because, like, I mean, I guess there's more than we realize. 
Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, guys. If you ever want to chat at us more, gals. feel free. Gals. Yes. Thank you, people of all genders. Please talk to us. Yes. Please come chat with us. And uh, Senna runs the, the Twitter and she's always posting some fun stuff there and, and retweets and things like that. So come check us out. All right. Well, all right. see you next time. Bye. Bye.